0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Badgers. Interesting offensive line comments. And I want to talk about some recruits that are really intriguing that have been coming onto campus. We're going to talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Locked on Badgers. Making it one of your first listens every single day. I really do appreciate it. I'm a little under the weather today, but listen, we're going to truck through this. It's spring It's spring practice. It's football time. We got to talk about stuff. Um, but like I said, I really do appreciate everybody tuning in. So offensive line coach Jack McNeil Jr. was available for for interviews. Some of the players were talked to. A couple things stand out to me. And a couple things that I think we knew, but it's nice to get confirmation and a couple of things I don't think we knew. So let's let's talk about some of those right now. The first one is, is Jake Renfro. When he came on board, uh, the Cincinnati transfer, I, I basically – and listen, I wasn't unique on this. This this doesn't make me a savant, but I was like, that's the starting center. He's a total dude. He's going to be great. And everything we heard in the interview session backs that up. You know, uh, Jake McNell Jr. basically says – um, veteran guy. He's been there before. We know what he's going to get with them. He approaches it like a pro. He said he's fully healthy, and he was just happy to get out there and hit people. Again, you love that mentality as an offensive lineman. If you remember, or if you listen to the show we did with Brady Collins, when, when I asked him about Renfro particularly, because he has a history with him, right? He was at Cincinnati with him. He's trained him. He's seen him. He said, and I quote, born to play in the Big Ten. right? What does that mean? It means tough, It means high level. It means gritty. It means I don't care if it's cold or nasty. On the road, at night, snow, muck, mud. He's born to play in the Big Ten. I I think he's one of the, we talk about Mordecai, Evers, C.J. Williams, Varner, Maytree, all these players brought in this offseason. Renfro, to me, is the second most important player you got in the entire offseason behind Mordecai because the quarterback's always a tier above. But even the the twenty four quarterbacks, the Braden Locke, Nick Evers, I'm t- Renfro was a home run addition. We talked about it. LSU was after him. Other big time programs were after him. The fickle draw brought him here. He wanted to play in the Big Ten, and everything we're seeing back set up. This is from uh, Jack Nelson. I'm super pleased with Renfro, the way he's come in here. The first thing I noticed when I got to host him on the visit, he was one of the guys already. Again. Go back to that Brady Collins quote: "Born to play in the Big Ten. It's great to see that validated. I think he's a star. I think you're you're listening. You're losing a star in Joe Titman, but I think you're adding a potential star in Renfro. It's a one for one swap. Maybe you lose a little athleticism with Titman. You know, Titman moves really well for a center, but I think maybe you gain a little tenacity strength with Renfro. Either way, you should be in a great spot at center. And you also have depth. Like if if something does happen to him, Bordellini can move back. Maybe Dylan Barrett plays center. You have options there. Uh, So it's not the only thing that can go on at center. But I think he's a stud. Everything we've seen so far and heard so far from the other players and from the offensive line coach backs up what we thought. Okay, The other interesting quote I had here, because if you remember, you go back to the, the Joe Rudolph time of coaching the offensive linemen. One of the, the complaints that I think a lot of people had is settle on your best players and stop rotating. I, I I talked about that, right? Because there would be possessions where an entire new five would go out there. And it's like, you're not, that's not going to work. You can't build, you know, um, continuity that way. And it didn't work quite frankly, but it's interesting. Jack McNeil said, we'll rotate those guys. He's just talking about the depth of the program. He said, we can go. Six, seven, eight deep. There's a ton of talent on the second team. He said, we're going to rotate those guys. You see defensive line rotating in all the time. It gives us a chance to be fresh, especially after hopefully a 14-game season that we'd have next year. So it's interesting because I know there's there's fans and I didn't love it either, the the rotating of the offensive alignment. But I think if you do it correctly and you do it with not a full hockey line, right? Like the next five go out, those five come in. If you're rotating... Um, five, six, seven, eight, and you, you have a plan and, and you're, you're, you are you're really have a great feel for it, it can work. It makes sense, right? You obviously keep those guys fresh, uh, less of a chance for injuries. And quite frankly, the other thing I want to talk about is the depth on this offensive line is incredible. Now, I want to also ask how good they can be, right? Because there's there's two different questions here. I think we have an abundance of good players on the offensive line. Do we have great enough great players to make a great offensive line? That's a different question. I think the depth is really good, though, right? You look at that second-team offensive line. Trey Wedding can play. Joe Bruner can play. Dylan Barrett's a veteran. Joe Huber started, and again, we're just going off the the initial too deep. Joe Huber started 13 games last year at Cincinnati. Um, there, there's talent everywhere. Hayden Rucci, right? Um, or Nolan Rucci, sorry. There, there's just a ton of talent on that second team. So if you have talent, it makes sense to rotate a little bit more because you're not, you shouldn't have a big drop-off. Um, so depth is great. Can this offensive line, however, be dominant, right? Is it just a collection of a lot of really good to above average players or can this offensive line get back to where Wisconsin offensive lines have been? The recruiting talent is there. The pedigree is there. Now, will it happen on the field? I don't know. I mean, I, I would love to say yes, but I feel like we thought it would potentially last year too, right? When you, you would have. You know, the, the shift over with um the new offensive line coach coming in, all this young talent maturing. And it didn't really happen last year either. So I don't know. I, I feel really good about Renfro and Bordellini on the inside. That other guard spot, I think, is a bit of a question still. I think the right tackle spot's a bit of a question still. Um, I feel good about Nelson at left tackle. I think he can be maybe not a, a dominant player, but a, a really good left tackle. So I don't know. I, I think there's questions to be answered if this line can be dominant, but I think the depth is there to be really good and to withstand injuries. And I love hearing the validation that, that Renfro is basically who we thought he was now. He's still got to see it, but I think he's just going to be a stud this year and I, I can't wait to watch it. Um, all right, coming up, we're going to talk about some recruits coming on campus, a uh, big time receiver, uh, another in-state offensive lineman that runs like a gazelle. He looks, he's, he's quickly becoming my favorite prospect in the 2024 class. We're going to talk about all that and next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick word from our friends of the show over at FanDuel. I've talked about FanDuel a lot. America's number one sports book. March Madness wrapping up. NBA playoffs coming up. It's a great time to sign up for FanDuel. Get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the free and super secure, easy-to-use FanDuel app. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, rebounds, assists. Combine it all into a same-game parlay to increase your payouts. Um, get paid right away. It is America's number one sportsbook for a reason. And I've talked a lot about the Suns, the Bucks. Why not bet on them both? Bet on a Suns versus Bucks NBA Finals. I think those are the two likely teams to come out of each conference. Get it at plus 650, really good odds. Uh, and FanDuel, let's combine, again, all your bets into those same game parlays for a little more fun, a little more excitement. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let's 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 talk some recruiting here. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Um, there's been a lot, and this is not a comprehensive list. There's been a lot of offers that have gone out, a lot of prospects that have been on campus. A lot of um, prospects that have the Badgers high on their list. I want to talk about a couple specifically that caught my eye. I want to start here with a Marion Stewart, a four-star receiver out of Illinois, um, Chicago, Illinois. Really interesting player. Offers from Oregon, Tennessee, Michigan, uh, Miami. Big-time schools after a Marion Stewart. He's been on campus. Um, Illinois kid. That's, that's another thing you're going to see here. As a bit of a theme with this staff, they are really hitting Illinois. They're really going after Illinois. And they did it last cycle. If you remember the billboards that went up in Illinois, right, for the Tyler Jansies of the world, um, come and join us, right? And there's a ton of Illinois kids the staff is in on right now, which I think is great. I think you can go into Illinois with a big ice cream scooper, and you can carve out some prospects to come to Madison. I think you can do that every single cycle and augment what you're already doing in Wisconsin, in Minnesota, what you can do potentially um, in Ohio, now that you have Luke Fickle and the staff on board, uh, what you can do in Michigan with Tressel and that staff on board. But if you hitting Illinois, East St. Louis, Bolingbroke, all these Joliet, these really good Illinois schools, I think Wisconsin can make hay there. I think the staff thinks it too. I think they smell blood in the water. I don't think they're scared of Bielema or Notre Dame. And they're going in there and making a concerted effort. So very excited about it. Jamel Howard, another one in last year's cycle, you know, Justin Taylor, another one in last year's cycle. So, yeah, I think they're they're targeting Illinois specifically. There's a lot of talent there, and quite frankly, Illinois doesn't have that huge draw in state. So I'm excited to see it. Let's talk to Marion Stewart a little more. Six foot, 180 pound receiver, four star kid. Um, you know, kind of a already built up athlete. And again, all this is all based off me watching film. Like I don't know these players better than the coaches or anything like that, but. Kind of a built-up athlete already. I don't think he's going to get a, a ton bigger or faster at the college level necessarily, but really good catching the ball in traffic. A lot of throws where it's basically just a 50-50 ball, and Stewart comes down with it. Long arms for his frame. Good yak ability. You know, shows the ability to catch it, turn up field quickly, put the foot in the ground. I like him a lot. Kind of a, a complete receiver coming out. He's not the height, weight, speed freak that, you know, some of the bigger guys are. You know, he's not, that's not his game, but pretty polished. Like his game a lot. Big-time recruiting battle here. You're in it with Michigan, Miami. Again, there's there's a dozen offers there. Like, so big battle. Glad to get him on campus. Like him as a polished receiver. Can probably come in play right away if the depth chart needed it. Uh, Well-built, long arms, good speed, really good hands. So a uh, Marion Stewart I like a lot. Uh, Derek Jensen's been on campus. We've talked about him. The four-star offensive lineman, offensive tackle out of Arrowhead. Again, big offer list. Virginia, Nebraska, Michigan State. He's he's a mover. Like, Jensen moves people. Really good run blocker. I like his his ability to finish blocks. Like, he will bury people. You love – anytime you watch an offensive lineman on film, if he's not burying people at the high school level, if he's not pushing them over, laying on them, pushing them down with one arm, it makes you question it a little bit. Jensen checks those boxes. Physical to point of attack, drives people. I thought he does a really – when you watch film, I think he does a really good job of the initial block setting an angle and then finding that second target, whether it's a linebacker or getting downfield to hit someone else. So it's a good motor. It's a good awareness to him. Um, I don't think he has the elite athleticism that the top tier left tackles have. I don't think that's his game. So he's more of that mauler. He plays really high on his film as well, which a lot of high school offensive linemen do. So technique wise, he's going to have work to do, but again, which which high school offensive lineman doesn't. And it's hard. We've talked about this before. It's hard to have great technique at high school level when you're 6'7 and you're blocking a 6'2", 220-pound defensive end, right? So Jensen has work to do um, on his technique, but you can't teach 6'7", 3'10", and nasty, right? He's a big dude. I think he profiles more as uh, kind of that road-grading right guard, uh, maybe a right tackle, sorry, but maybe even a bit of a guard. I don't think he has great, great feet, uh, but really good prospect. Don't get me wrong. Really good prospect. Love him. Um, Dylan Johnson is one of my favorites that came in. He's a three-star defense tackle out of Illinois. Again, we talked about it, targeting that Illinois space. Um, 6'2", 280. I think he's a wrestler. He picked up a Wisconsin offer. You know, three-star kid, not a not a crazy offer list. That's like Missouri, Cal for Dylan Johnson, but built like kind of a fire hydrant. Right, really low center of gravity, really hard to knock off his line. Um, love that in a defensive lineman. He's gonna get under pads. Really good swim move. Shows active hands at the point of contact. He's able to get through some traffic. I like him a lot. Good motor on film. Um, not the burstiest defensive tackle. There's a couple of clips where he's not the first off the line of scrimmage, but I like him a lot as a potential strong side defense end. I just think, you know, there was an old quote from an Ohio State offensive line coach. I don't remember who it was, but he said. You know, you want defense alignment like sawed off tree trunks. You just can't push those over. And that's what Dylan Johnson kind of reminds me of. A sawed off tree trunk, really powerful, low center of gravity. Like him a lot. Three-star defensive tackle um, out of Illinois, uh, Joliet. And then uh, two more here that I want to hit on. Again, this is not a comprehensive list. There's a lot more players that have come to campus. I, I'm going to kind of take them piecemeal, four here, five here and really talk about them individually instead of just giving you a long list where your eyes maybe glaze over. Um, Leontre Bradford, a 6'1", 190-pound three-star safety out of East St. Louis, another Illinois kid, um, offers from Illinois, Michigan State, Nebraska, Oregon. So another really good offer list, a high three-star kid. And I want to pause there for a second. We've talked a lot about the recruiting ceiling with Luke Fickle. And some of the four-star targets Wisconsin's been after, they're still going to make hay with these high three-star, low four-star players, right? That are height, weight, measurable people. These are the, the type of players they got to Cincinnati that they developed. These are the type of players that when Wisconsin was great, we were getting and developing. And Bradford is a great example of this to me. A lot, excuse me, Leontre Bradford, you know, good size, six-one. you know, he reminds me of a lot. Um, He reminds me a lot of Justin Taylor, the the safety-slash-athlete we got in last year's class. Very similar size, also out of Illinois. Plays all over the field. Both of these guys do. When you watch Bradford on film, he's everywhere defensively. They're using him as a slot corner blitzing. They're using him as a deep safety where he's using his eyes really well to read. They're using him as an in-the-box safety. They're using him as a boundary corner. right? And you just love that versatility. Really good speed, good size. And the other thing that intrigues me here with Bradford is the track record with this Luke Fickle staff, this Luke Fickle staff in the defensive backs. Um, they like their, the bigger safeties. They like the bigger defensive backs and they have a track record of evaluating, identifying and developing. Right. And with Bradford, you're getting a really good ball of clay here. Again, very similar to me to Justin Taylor, um, a good athlete plus athlete that can do a lot of different things, get him in the system and then figure it out. Um, so Bradford's a guy I really like. Uh, not the highest-ranked recruit in this group, but an athlete with a lot of upside, in my opinion, a lot of versatility. Um, enjoyed his film a lot. And then the last one I want to talk about is Garrett Sexton. Uh, 6'7", 250-pound offensive tackle out of uh, Arrowhead, Wisconsin. Another Arrowhead, another in-state offensive lineman. This this in-state offensive line class this year, y'all, is really good. Um, you know, you're talking Donovan Harbor. We talked about Nathan Roy. Uh, Derek Jensen. We talked uh, Garrett Sexton. Now we're we're talking now about Garrett Sexton. It's a really good group of offensive linemen in state this year. There's four legit elite blue chip prospects in my opinion. Sexton has just started to blow up. All right, picked up a, a Penn State offer, a Tennessee offer, Nebraska offer, more are coming. I teased it at the beginning. This is a guy we have to get. Like this is a dude we have to get. I, I love his film. I love his upside. I love his potential. This is probably my favorite in-state offensive line, lineman in this group. Maybe Harbor because he's just so powerful. Um, but I don't know. Sexton is – so he's super interesting when you watch it on film, right? He's excuse me, 6'7", 250, but he moves like a gazelle out there. Really long arms. Crazy long NFL measurable elite wingspan. I think it's an 80-inch plus wingspan. Um, huge frame like he's going to put and this is why offensive linemen are so hard to evaluate we talked about this with um john garcia jr right because you have to picture how this player is going to look with 60 more pounds or if you have a 320 pound high school kid you have to picture well how is he going to look when he's actually playing you know grown men um but i'm telling you Derek, um sorry garrett sexton's film is so good he, he reminds me of joe staley back when if you remember joe staley was played with the 49ers multiple pro bowl left tackle but he started off as a tight end he started off in high school as just an athlete that could move he was a track guy and then he put a bunch of weight on his frame this this player is that type of guy if he can put 50 60 pounds on his frame he's going to be a left tackle he's going to be a first round pick type talent like he's just so mobile long you just don't find athletes like this and it's why he's blowing up it's why Tennessee, Penn State, Nebraska. I think Oregon's in on him as well. And more are coming because this type of frame and athleticism just doesn't come around very often. And it's so easy to dream on it. It's so easy to because he's pancaking people. Like he's out there at 250, pancaking people. He moves like a deer at that height. So, again, Sexton has become my favorite offensive line prospect of this class, of the in state kids for Wisconsin. Probably even moving ahead of Harbor for me. Uh, I just think his upside is immense. So, Excited to see him get on campus. I hope they make a big move there. Um, and that's kind of the group I'm going to talk about today. Uh, really exciting players. There's more coming. I want to talk about more of them as well, but I'm not going to do them all in one show just because I think it's too much. I think people's eyes would would glaze over a little bit. Coming up next on Lockdown Badgers, I want to talk about um, our 24, 2024 quarterback getting an offer from Miami, tweeting it out. Should we be worried? I'm going to tell you why we shouldn't, but it's not for the reason you may think. That's coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. Let's go. All right, what's up, y'all? Again, I really do appreciate everybody tuning in. Y'all are amazing. Thank you so much for helping build this show. I do have a favor to ask of you, and I don't talk about this much. Um, If you like the show, hit the subscribe button, leave a like, leave a comment, tell a friend, help us grow um, a little bit. And again, I I tend to have a philosophy of we'll put out good content. We're not going to ask for those things, right? And the subscribers will follow. But I do occasionally want to say it really does help the show, it helps it grow. Um, I would love to get, continue growing this community. So if you like the show, if you enjoy the content, hit the subscribe button. Always free. Um, really do appreciate it. So let's talk about uh, Mabry Met Tower as my camera on focuses here for those watching on YouTube. Uh, the 2024 Texas recruit, the quarterback, big time, cornerstone type recruit for Wisconsin in that 2024 class. So he tweeted, um, received a Miami offer. All glory to God. And instantly, I had some Badger fans DM me. I had some Badger fans. I saw some Badger fans text and be like, "Oh no, you know, please stay." A couple things with this, I wouldn't worry about Miami. The, well, the first, let me let's even start higher up. Recruits tweet out their offers all the time. Often, it doesn't mean anything. Like they're excited to get new offers from big time programs, and they should be. Like that's a really cool thing. So when you see a recruit that's committed to any school, not just Wisconsin, and they get a Michigan offer, a Notre Dame offer, a Florida offer, uh, a Miami Hurricanes offer. Like They tweet about it because it's an exciting thing. These are teenage kids getting blue chip offers, right? And they're celebrating that moment as they should. So that's the first thing. This is pretty normal. It's pretty normal for recruits, even committed ones, to tweet their offers out, to talk about it, to be excited about it, because that's a really big life thing. It's a validation of work. It's a validation of talent. And more often than not, that's all it is. It doesn't mean anything deeper, right? Um, obviously, when your, your quarterback recruit in 2024 tweets about it, eyebrows get raised a little bit as fans because we get nervous. We're, we're not used to recruiting elite quarterback talent yet. Um, so I get the the trepidation. But the first thing is it's pretty normal for this to happen. Okay. The other thing I want to say, and the, the bigger reason I want to say don't worry about it is this is why you build numbers. Right, I'm not saying don't worry about it because I think it's impossible that he'll leave. No, nothing surprises me in recruiting. I don't think there's any smoke that thinks that that makes it seem like he's he's wavering on his commitment. Um, I have no reason to believe that. I would never put that out there because I don't I don't think it's true. But even if he were hypothetically, again, I'm I am not saying he is. Even if he were, this is why you build numbers in the quarterback room. This is why you brought in Evers and Locke and LaCrue. Right, this is why. Th- this is why you have a 2025 quarterback target already lined up. So what Phil Longo has done, what this coaching staff has done is they've insulated that position. Right. And that's why you shouldn't worry about it too much because it's in good hands for a while. Now that is not to be the sour grape guy and say, well, if he goes, it's fine. No, it's not fine. I'm not saying that you want to continue stacking numbers. Um, and there's a reason they targeted uh met Metoyer. Like he's a big time prospect. I don't want him to go anywhere. I'm just saying, like, it's not like it was in the past where you targeted one quarterback recruit. If you didn't get them, the sky was falling because you don't have any numbers in the room. They've insulated the position. They've done an incredible job of bringing in talent. So Badger fans, don't freak about it, is all I'm saying. I wouldn't worry about it at all. Because A, this is what commits do, as well they should. They should celebrate these achievements. Having a school like Miami offer you a, a full ride to play quarterback down there, that's incredible. And they should celebrate that. We should celebrate that with them. So don't stress it when they post it. And worst case, if you were to leave, this staff would target another quarterback, and they already have numbers in the room. So I would not stress it at all, y'all. That being said, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't. If he is, I don't think it's to Miami, right? I don't. I don't think Miami can do anything in terms of offering him something Wisconsin can't. So anyway, that's that's that. Just want to throw it out there. Hope everyone appreciates it. We're got a bunch more content coming up today, uh, live watch party tonight with Oregon or not Oregon, sorry, the North Texas, Wisconsin Badgers basketball game. I hope to see you there. Come join us on that and probably maybe even another show when we get practice updates. So on Wisconsin, appreciate y'all. Let's go.